live from HMD Studios for the first day of Black History Month. It is Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler remixed we're here for busy sessions episode three it's the first day of black history month so i'm feeling beautiful black melanated hydrated but we are here as you know we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture and we bring in some incredible guests and for busy sessions we bring in some great artists in the past you've seen reggie becton and eric penn and we got a great guy here as well before we get there i'm armand sadler vegan chorizo poppy founder of bald nigga ballers the real armand sadler not those spam accounts I'm here with my co-host how you feeling good brother what's up y'all nick early Co-hosting, executive producing, always wearing some chucks. You know what it is. Today I'm the uh, coconut water so, what was consultant, consultant, or connoisseur. Or con- <clears throat> I like coconut water consultant. Better. Yeah, connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means I can. You know, I'm traversing different coconut go. waters and yeah. giving my opinions. I love it. So we want to introduce to you uh, our guest for this session. This is someone who I've known for a very long time, um, seen his growth throughout music. He uh, burst onto the scene in with his 2018 debut project, Homecoming, came back right in 2019 with the hottest summer EP 2020, gave us the quarantine pack, and then 2021 is when he really hit niggas over the head with the project hope you see me you might have heard some of his bigger records seen them on title playlists and apple music playlists such as check-in runner uh haitian sensation good brother of alpha phi alpha fitness guy and your plate might have gotten slandered on his instagram story <laughs> hashtag plate olympics this is none other than newberg's own 845 Jacques lane welcome to the show Jacques. how you feeling my brother <laughs> nope what up appreciate that appreciate that's a good intro hey, appreciate that i appreciate this. that i do this i appreciate the welcome happy to be here mm-hmm. Jacques, brother it's been a long time coming for sure for sure um, Damn, I wish I had some AKA names. Jacques <laughs> Lane, AKA Red Wine on Sundays, AKA Agua Poppy, my waves on swim. Are you dumb? <laughs> ah, we're here. So wow. let's get right into it, man. How, how just how are you generally? Good, man. I'm good. Um working on a lot of things right now. Constantly tired. But uh <laughs> 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 nah, I'm just always tired now. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, bro, I'm in a good space, working on a lot. I have a lot of ideas. I'm busy, so that's a blessing. If I'm sitting there doing nothing, then I'm in trouble. So, yeah, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's been about eight months since you dropped Hope You See Me. We were at the the art gallery. We saw, you know, the rollout and just, you know, the the kind of the passion that you put into this project. What's been the reception uh, for you, and, like, how, how do you feel looking back on it? Yeah, uh, the reception's been really good, man. And <clears throat> I think this is the first time I intentionally put a, a, a physical – um, sort of event or live event around a project like that. Um, and I don't know, I think, I think streams and everything is dope, right? Like that's what you want, but seeing people like show up and like selling out 
shows and selling out an art gallery or some shit that I haven't really seen niggas do before. Like that's what like really moves me. Um, because then you <clears throat> you build a stronger community, right? Mm-hmm. Like niggas can stream your songs and shit like that, but they don't really know you. They don't like feel you or your presence or like why you're doing anything. So having that community and having that support from different people um, that fuck with me and my music and me as an artist, like that that hit different. So it's been dope. Looking back, love the execution. Um, and at that point, that was the best music I could make. Mm-hmm. I'm making better music now, but that's just like yeah. how mm-hmm. it goes. Um, but yeah, bro, uh, I was very happy about it. <clears throat> Took a little break. Um, and then, yeah, now I'm working on the next project and, um, I'm starting to think about rollouts more holistically now when it comes to my music, like what's the message, what's it going to look like, how's it show up to people when they listen and then how can you connect to people differently, mm-hmm. um, through tech, music, live events, whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, bro. There was some, some heavy stuff on the project tracks, like generational curses, tracks like village, still black darkness. It, I feel like this is the most personal that you've gotten, which is interesting because with homecoming, you know, you were really trying to tell the story of coming back to Newburgh after being at Penn and all that. Like talk about kind of what inspired you to put hope you see me together and kind of convey the messages that you did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's a good comparison. Cause I felt like when I was writing that, I was back in that, like, um, more personal open bag that I was at during homecoming where it's sort of just like raw storytelling and then you pick beats but like shit just comes out how it comes out um, but yeah I mean I made that project f- not really just for myself but hope you see me the concept is really like people who feel as though their voices aren't heard um, feel like they're not seen etc like they're, they're crying out for help right like Whatever situation you're in, a lot of times you may not be the person that, you know, stands up and speaks on it, but you hope someone is in tune enough for them to understand, like, you might not be in a good place, right? I hope you see me for me. I hope you see me for my problems, what I'm going through, <clears throat> et cetera. So it was about me, but it's also about people around me, um, things they're going through and shit like that. So, um, yeah, it was important for me. And then, obviously, it was like a flip on the the whole, like, hope you see me art gallery um, and just capturing different moments of the album, inspiration from each song, what that looks like um, in the form of visual art. Um, and so that's how I sort of brought it together. But yeah, it was my moments. It was my friend's moments, <clears throat> et cetera. Because as you, you, you start to progress and you grow a platform, like you're responsible for telling your stories, but you're also responsible for telling uh, the people around you stories because not everybody's an artist, not everybody has a platform, et cetera. So uh, yeah, God gave me his gift. And so trying to use it uh, use it for a good reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, speaking <clears throat> of uh, God-given gifts, brother, tell us a little bit about when... Um, how did you start rapping, man? Like, what? I want, I'm curious about that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean... <clears throat> I mean, I, I think I started, like, interacting with, like, bees and shit when I was younger. Um, be my foster brother, we would like put on beats we'll buy, download them from uh, LimeWire mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know yeah. the LimeWire yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're not old enough <laughs> but uh, yeah we'll download them from LimeWire like pull it down it'll be on my like, my mom's uh, computer mm-hmm. and they will like write raps and shit <clears throat> obviously it was just for fun I was probably like 9 and 10 but nice. Um, yeah that's why I did my little shit and then I freestyle a little bit one of my sons Julio um, in high school he used to be 
rap all the time. He have his like little rap book. And I wasn't really rapping at that point, but sometimes I'll freestyle with niggas if we're walking to the store after school or whatever, like for me, rap right, a little fun bit. Stuff, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Just some some shit like that. Um then when I got to college, I, I don't know. I felt more of an urge to like write songs. So I, I actually did make a tape on you probably can't find now. But uh yeah, I made a tape. Yeah, what the fuck is that shit called? It, it was, oh, it's called Class Act. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was so y'all know how uh, Wale did the the spin with Seinfeld, like yeah. more about nothing tape. Kind of did that with that movie Class Act mm-hmm. with Kid and Play, um, and I, I did that album in, like maybe a day. But it was just like me writing and rapping and shit like that. It shit was garbage. I didn't like that shit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I kind of like released on SoundCloud, but I never promoted. That was like after freshman year. Maybe one of my sons, Russ, like helped me find a studio and I rapped and whatever. Um, I worked with Vega Ramon on that one. Me and him hopped on the track, um, and he he's on my my last project. Hope you see me. He's on the intro yep. uh, toward the end. That's my man. So um, yeah, but did that. Took a break. Then after college, um, came back and did Homecoming. <clears throat> it felt like a rap. I felt like rap was a great medium to communicate uh, things that may be uncomfortable to communicate in regular conversation. Right? Like and it's also just easy to understand, but also past the messaging you just feel it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. especially like the way i rap <clears throat> it sounds like i'm i'm literally rapping for my life you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like you like what i'm saying is like the, just the emphasis is there and like you could hear it so like when i'm saying something you know what i mean it. Yeah. i'm not just rapping to rap so right um i realized i could communicate one a lot about myself um, two, a lot about uh, my community. And then three, the other way, a lot of what I learned just through life, I could communicate that those things to my friends and shit like that and put the spotlight on them and, like, help them through whatever it is. Um, so that's why, yeah, it's, it's just, like, it just became natural for me. Like, I'm not doing it for, uh, like, clout, uh, money, or anything like that. Those things would be nice, but <clears throat> that's really not why I'm doing it. And if... Niggas I grew up with are like, yo, this is fire. I fuck with this. Then I won. Like, that's it. I'm lit. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be anything past that. But yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much the journey in a few sentences. Mm. Speaking of your dudes from home and everything, like, what does it mean to you to be able to be kind of be like the 845 rep? I mean, who else has come out of there? You know I mean? I'm, I'm not from here. So I don't know. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Who else has come out there and what does that mean to you to put on the 845? Um, yeah. So, I mean, in my in my social media and on my social media profiles um i have like 845 i'm from newburgh so i will say newburgh is just too long to put on social media <laughs> so <laughs> it newburgh is dope Jacques. yeah for me like it's dope to to like for the area like to say like oh i'm 845 so I, what's I, in 845 like what so 845 is like you got uh rockland county <clears throat> so my grandma she lives in spring valley um it's like a lot of haitians over there um, and when my mom came to the country, that's where she lived and that's where she grew up. Um, when she came over from Haiti, so you know, you have Rockland County, you got Ulster County, which is like I think Poughkeepsie is up there, mm-hmm. um, shit like that. Then you got Orange County where Newburgh is. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was just some shit where I was like, fuck it, just for the 845 because uh, like we don't have a lot of big artists and shit come out. So even if you're from Newburgh and niggas see you for me doing your thing and they're from another town or some shit like that. Like they'll support you, right? Um, <clears throat> but growing up, niggas did not like Nuber niggas. Like <laughs> <laughs> they'll call Nuber niggas dirty niggas. This, mm. that, and the third. Like oh, it wow. was a whole, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now niggas fuck with us, but it's a little different. So, um, Parson Fontaine, he's from Newburgh. Yeah. Um, and he's he's probably the biggest artist to come out of the out of town. So, yeah, yeah, bro, it's uh it's pretty cool. And also, we just have I think we have a I think niggas is always rapping in Newburgh. Like niggas always had a community. I think mm-hmm. me and some of my friends that do music, like we're building more of a community and more of a united front. Um, just because it's easier to get more attention on yeah, right. on like the movement when niggas come together. So exactly. niggas drop something like we all support it. If niggas shooting a video, we'll all be there because mm-hmm. these aren't just like niggas that for me. I just met when I started making music. These niggas that I grew up with. You know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. no, you think since we're like 11, 12, like before the music. Yeah, for me. So <clears throat> now we're 26, 27, 28. Niggas got kids and all that shit and been through a lot. But um, like those are my men. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's dope, bro. I think it's I think it's dope that's one like party up there, but also niggas that are still up and coming, like us collaborating and doing all that shit brings attention to uh especially in the their social media. So mm-hmm. yeah, bro. So I wanna touch on your commitment to the craft. I remember when I interviewed you a couple of years ago, you spoke that, you know, one thing you thought you could have worked on after homecoming was your hook creation. Mm-hmm. And then we get hottest summer with a track like Waste Time, where mm-hmm. that was I remember mm-hmm. I played that at an event. People loved it. Right. And, <laughs> and um and then you know, quarantine pack and just obviously hope you see me like uh village. Like it's it's so simple, but the theme of it it, it just resonates. So mm-hmm. like, you know, now being four projects in, like what do you think is something that you still would like to improve on? Yeah, I think one thing I'm I'm still working on is, uh, I think just delivery, um, but not in the sense of like, uh, like inflections or how I deliver lines, like not just that, but how you, how you sort of bring the listener along. Because when you're doing hip hop and your lyricists, like you gotta sort of leave breadcrumbs for listeners, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to say some shit that's OD over somebody's head to the point where they're like, ah, I didn't really I catch it. that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think why. Hove was so nice was he really fed niggas lines to the point where niggas thought they were smart when they understood what he was trying to do. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Honestly, like, though. Yeah. I, think, I think Cole does the same thing where yeah. it's like, yo, uh, people say like, oh, you gotta be smart to get this. Nah, <laughs> yeah. nah. But he's made, he's like crafted his lyrics in a way that you feel smart when you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one one way is just how like I'm, I'm being very, very particular around how I put lines together where Nice. Like it, it won't just be some shit where I'm like, oh nah, body this or like, my engineer's like, oh yeah, that's good work or like, someone that's in the music is like, yo, that's, that's a fine line. But it's like, yo, if I'm just an everyday nigga that puts yeah. this on, like, am I gonna think this is OD clever, OD fire? And if I just have to switch words around and like mm-hmm. sub shit out, um, then I'll do it. So I think my my re- revision stage is like is is more in depth now. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you just gotta write certain songs to get to the better songs. Mm. You gotta write more, the bad songs. You gotta out. write you the gotta, bad songs out, bro. Like yeah, you do. You just write it. Like sometimes I just write this show. I'll do writing drills just to get the shit out. And then I'm like, all right, I bet now I can make the real songs. Because <laughs> um, it, it's nothing to write a bad song. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. Nobody's gonna hear it. Exactly. Like it, it's fine. Um, so that's one thing I'm more comfortable with. Um, and then also letting shit come naturally. I think I was reading this shit. Uh, which kind of described my space between the project I'm working on now and Hope You See Me, which is like, when with, when creativity comes about, you sort of got to treat it like a cat. Like, you can't go straight to the cat trying mm-hmm. to pick it up. You got to wait till the cat comes to you, and then when it does come to you, then you pick it up, and then you, you know what I mean, you do whatever. So I feel like not forcing creativity, writing when I feel inspired and mm-hmm. feel creative, that shows up in the music way better. Like, yeah. 
Because a lot, I mean, you can write an, a really good album, a classic album, in a couple of weeks, in a day, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like, when you're the most inspired, take advantage of that, um, whether it's music, art, whatever the fuck it is, like, whenever you're most inspired, leaning into that, yeah. take advantage of that moment and making sure it doesn't go to waste. Because when you're not inspired, it's, people are going to be able to tell. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, He's if you're making music, that. that's supposed to move yeah. people. So, yeah, bro, those are the things I'm working on now. Mm-hmm. What is What is something that you... How to describe it? We were talking about, we've talked about uh, with uh, Eric Penn, we talked about a little bit about how he finds peace in knowing when a song is done or when he can kind of move on to the next thing. How do you approach that for yourself, for your for your lines or your tracks, anything like that? Um, I mean, so I, I always send it to a few people that, that I fuck with. Like I send shit to y'all sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people whose music opinion I trust. Right. Um, and then with me, so... Before I even write the song, I'll ride around with the beat. Like, I'll work out mm-hmm. with the beat. I'll drive to the beat. I yeah. will, like, type shit up to the beat just <laughs> to see if I fuck with the beat alone. So can it. Because a lot of times, if you're a lyricist, like, it's okay if, like, what brings the person to the song is the beat. They might come for the beat, stay with the lyrics, mm-hmm. stay for the lyrics, et cetera. Like, that's okay. Um, so when it comes to a song being done, I got to give it the car test. Like, that's automatic. Yeah. Um, give it the car test. And I'll just sit with it and I'll live with the song. Um, I'll write notes on it. Um, I'll send it to other people. I'll, I'll compile a bunch of notes from uh, different people and then see how it aligns with my notes. Um, I speak with the engineer. I'll probably do that process a few times. Yeah. Um, like the next song I'm dropping, like I, I send it back and forth to y'all. There's been like mm-hmm. three, four, five mixes because mm-hmm. I'm still like living with it. <clears throat> um, and then when it gets to a point where I'm like, yo, I, at this point, I, I know this song cannot be any better like i know mm-hmm. this is good as it's mm-hmm. gonna get whether it's the mix the ad-libs the lyrics whatever it is i'm like, i bet we gucci one thing I, I won't do sometimes though is re-record a whole song like weeks later because yeah my mindset is, is just not there you know what i'm saying like i don't like I, I wrote that song or i rapped that song when i felt this way the most mm-hmm. so me trying to do it weeks later is not gonna work like i learned that the hard way a few times like this is gonna be my best delivery um, but the things around it, like the like when you're making a cake, like the cake itself is good, but how's the icing look? How's the, mm-hmm. the frosting? How's the decorations? Like shit mm-hmm. like that. So when it comes to the engineering aspect, the, uh, the the mixing and things like that, like how can I present this cake the best way? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the part I, I tend to like shift my focus to. Mm-hmm. Love that. So uh, we spoke about Waste Time earlier. I remember you dropped another track in 2019, I believe, Bring You Down. Mm-hmm. And that was a def- very experimental house edm type beat mm-hmm. and it was it was a very bold bold endeavor but i think it i think it came came across well what are some other type of musical explorations that you want to do with your artistry to kind of expand it yeah i think i think that house hip-hop crossover is dope mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to get there again i think i don't know like hip-hop just sits well on certain house beats mm-hmm. like i just you know what i mean so like it just sits well um but I don't know. I mean, I think it depends. Like, trying to find spaces where it doesn't seem forced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing that, that seems forced to me, and this might be off topic, is, like, a lot of niggas is sampling, especially niggas in New York, like, younger niggas is sampling. Uh, it's, like, everything and putting them on drill beats. Where it's just, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just an unnatural crossover. So, like, um, like I said, the, the crossover with hip-hop and, and house music, like, that makes sense to me. Like, that doesn't seem too far away. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm going to try to get into more, like, just experiment with, is just 
not even Afrobeats, but working with Afrobeats artists. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them have a good ear for, for beats, mm-hmm. uh, melodies, et cetera. Um, so I, I, I think I think that's my that's probably where I lean more towards next. I also think like I, I don't know if y'all remember, but there was a big like crossover between reggae and hip hop in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like niggas would link up and you would hear niggas like Wu Tang rapping over some <laughs> for me, like some mm-hmm. Damian Marley song and Nas and Damian Marley I think had that one yeah, album yeah. Mm-hmm. um and shit like that. So that sort of shit, but doing that with Afro beats and like the beats have similar drum patterns and shit like that. If you go play with the samples and you go rap uh, or shit like that, and then work with Afro beats artists, so it doesn't sound like a ripoff, but it sounds yeah. more natural. Like I think one thing that was dope was Ed Sheeran being on Peru. Like that's that sounded natural. You know what I mean? That shit is that that's hard. Fire, shit. Like, this nigga went crazy because he like he immersed himself. Like yeah. he didn't just he didn't sound out of place. Mm-hmm. So finding a way to like to talk about it and shit like that before I even get in the studio like what do y'all look for like um, what sort of beats do y'all like shit like that just find mm-hmm. the chemistry so when I'm when I do do it it sounds natural that's why I liked about holding it down it was just like sound natural I wasn't forcing anything mm-hmm. um, I just kind of did it and it flowed so I, I was like fuck it um, I didn't even really think it was I just I, I thought the beat had bounce I didn't even think it was really like a house song until I, I was like mm-hmm. shit could have <laughs> <crazy." laughs> yeah. like, and yeah that was one, one of my most streamed songs that Mm. That's just some shit that yeah. I was like, fuck, it, I'm gonna do it. Mm. So I know we've we've all had conversations with you and like so a lot of rappers romanticize the yo I quit my job and I pursued this rap shit and I made it happen and obviously those stories are amazing but for mm. you you've been committed to the full time job thing and also the full time rapping thing and you've worked mm. at some incredible places I don't want to disclose it but if you want to you know talk about that go mm. for it so like what do you feel like that experience of maintaining a nine to five or <laughs> beyond the, the five part and then mm. also committing to your craft what do you feel like that's done for you as a person and how have how how have each thing helped one another yeah um, yeah I mean I I think plain and simple I think reason uh, who's on TDE said it best. He was like, yo, music and rap is a pay-to-play game. Like, mm. it's pay-to-play. So I'm lucky enough where I am I can get bread right now the legal way. But <laughs> niggas is doing other things to get bread yep. to, to pay for studio time. For me, yeah. like, I'm not going to run down the list. Y'all can use your imagination. Niggas is doing whatever to get bread right. to do that. You feel what yeah. I'm saying? So how way you get bread, you need to get bread to play in this game of music because mm. you got to pay for the beat. You got to pay for your time. You got to pay to get it mixed. You got to pay for the cover art. You got to pay for the visuals. Where are you getting the breath from? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, <laughs> where are you getting the breath from? So for me, it's it's working and getting to a place where I'm not just uh, like financially, like the music isn't just paying for itself, but I'm making a profit on top of that. Of so course. I can cover the cost and then I'm making a profit. When I get to that space, then I'll do it full time. But um, until then, like, when it comes to finances, I want, like, that piece, but also um, just the way America is, where, like, you got to save bread, you got to invest, you got to build a, a financial foundation. So mm-hmm. um, when it's time, like, you ha- have a secure space to, to lean into your passion. So um, I have no problem doing that shit, um, even if it, like, might be inconvenient sometimes or I might stay up late sometimes or whatever. Like, I'd rather that than you know, having to worry about what I'm doing next for this. So, like, not being able to to pursue my passion to its fullest extent. Because mm-hmm. a lot of this is, like, like, yeah, you got to pay for steel time, shit like that, but, like, 
presenting the music itself, that costs bread, bro. Like, mm-hmm. oh, dear. And I don't, I don't like doing half-ass shit. Like, I don't want to ever put out something that I'm not extremely proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to sell myself short by not being able to fund, mm-hmm. uh, my, my like my music, like whether it's being able to to pay for like a visualizer on IG or something like that. Like, um, even the gallery, like I had a, I made bread on the gallery and I I got the bread back plus some, but I had to put up my own bread for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, to to make that shit come alive and. Mm-hmm. Take money and make money. Yeah, it yeah. takes money to make money, and that shit is pay to play. Um, and one thing I always respect about Kanye was like, yo, when it came to putting uh, like on shows and productions and shit like that, like he didn't spare a dime. Um, I don't know what the numbers look like financially, like if it was a sound investment, but I remember for the Watch of Thorn tour, Hove was like, yo, I'm trying to like, for me, calm it down. Like, but yeah, it was like, yo, it's it's a tour. Like, you got to give these people a show, like, mm, yeah, spend the money. Um, and yeah, you just gotta be willing to yeah put up the bread. However you get the bread, um, get it. Um, if you can't work, do what you gotta do. You gotta figure something and, out. And there's no yeah. shame in that. For me, yeah. and outside of music, whatever passion you have, like sometimes your nine to five or whatever job you have has to fund the passion, and that's completely mm-hmm. okay. Like talk to any creative, like that's doing the creative shit full time. They probably had a job at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know what the shit was. They had a job. Yeah. <laughs> like niggas gotta eat at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, there's no shame in that. Uh, and however you want to present it to the world, you can keep on the hush-hush or whatever. Like, just I would never um, be too prideful to to pick up a job or find a different way to get bread for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel that. That's, that. that's on point. So let's talk a little bit more about because of that, you know, the thing that you've been dabbling in, you know. My uh, brother's hand is in many pots. Places. <laughs> <laughs> had to watch Jacques as a kid. He had his hand in everything. But uh, so tell us about your involvement in the tech space, Web3 space, the NFT space, and how you've been connecting that with your artistry. Yeah. So I, I one thing I learned about... Uh, putting that like gallery together for my last project hope you see me um i i liked the crossover and interconnectivity between different disciplines of art yeah. yes um so like one time i like drew a venn diagram mm-hmm. um and basically highlighted within each circle like what that may be so one was like fashion one was sports one was music whatever and highlighting the different uh, crossovers and seeing what space I wanted to play in for this next project. And so that's why the rollout was more holistic. So I thought the gallery idea while I was writing the, the project. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I was like, yo, I, like, just, so I had a, a conversation with Ebe, um, um, who's J. Cole's manager mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Dreamville. And we was grabbing lunch. I was out in L.A. And he was just like, yo, honestly, you're in a great space right now because you could do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you I've heard can that a few like, times, yeah. You can do whatever you want. He said, I'm, me and Cole, we're jealous of niggas like you because, like, like, that's the fun part. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's the the fun part of the journey is nobody telling you what to do. There's no expectations. Y'all can just do whatever. For me? So, after that, I was like, facts. <laughs> I, I, like, I really can. Like, mm-hmm. I can really do whatever I want. Um, and it's going to be some dope. It's going to be some flash shit. So, that's why I started doing that. Um, and then while I was creating the idea and like um, sort of segmenting it and putting some structure around it, um, that's when I realized I really do have a passion for like music yeah. and, and tech. I think um, I think there's a lot of intersection there. And so um, I think the NFT craze started up back in like March 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some shit there like NBA Top Shot, a bunch of NFT platforms. 
Um, I thought it was dope. What what was there? So there are two things that were dope to me. One was um, the ability to create um, monetization pipelines for black artists. Mm-hmm. I think that's super fire. Like to the point where you won't ever have if everyone moves to Web three. Um, and for those that don't know, Web three is just like the next iteration of the internet. So Web one was. Uh, I think just searches, like being able to like Google shit. Mm-hmm. Web two is like social media, Instagram, whatever. And then Web three is the next iteration where everything is decentralized. Not everything sits on one main server, um, and it's just like a different level of interconnectivity uh, and, and social interaction. So, um, yeah, what's dope about the Web three space specifically, like blockchains and NFTs, is like black artists being able to like earn on their art and earn on their passion, which. I think for a while was reserved for a certain level of artists. Um, so from like Drake's to Kendrick's, whatever, uh, to be able to like earn like a good amount to like be able to feed your kids and shit like that. That was dope to me. Another thing that's dope and it's a feature of blockchain is that because it's a public ledger, nobody mm-hmm. can really refute the details of like your masters, your contract, your splits, whatever. Once I say like, oh, I'm going to mint this NFT in this song, I can say, yo, I'm receiving 20% royalties on every transaction after this. So once mm-hmm. I sell it, someone can sell it again, I'm, I'm doing it 20. again. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Um, and it's it's just sad when I see, like, artists still going to war with, like, older artists. I'm not even talking about new niggas. I'm talking about older, like, legends that mm-hmm. are still arguing with labels over masses and shit like that, yeah. where if we if they had blockchain at that point, like, they just wouldn't have to, but that wasn't the circumstance at that point. They did what they could. Yeah. But, like, now there's an opportunity to create... Um, and develop a space that puts artists and creatives first, specifically black artists and creatives, um, yeah. where it's just like, yo, we can, one, create these monetization pipelines and, and get money consistently, but two, like, create the rules and really feed and lean into super fans because those are the yeah. ones that are going to build and um, sort of develop your NFT community. So that's one thing that's dope to me. It's that crossover. And like I said, I just love that crossover between, like, visual art and um and music so it's just like a perfect space for me to play in and um yeah i'm I'm dope to see it's gonna be dope to see what i'm able to do with this this next project for mm. for those who go ahead no, no no i'm saying for those who feel like they don't know where to start like artists who's like dang i see that nft i see y'all getting the bread where do i start with you even the resources or just like how do i get to it yeah yeah um so one if you call me just hit me we could chop it I can, for me like <laughs> for those who aren't cool with you yeah though. for those for those who aren't cool with me um i'm trying to think so so the best way um to go about it is i don't i mean I know a lot of people say research but that is the best way i think open c um which is a, one of the biggest yep. nft marketplaces, uh, marketplaces right, yeah. they have like a bunch of uh like research articles where they they basically tell you like yo what's nft what's crypto what's blockchain Etc. So once you get that foundational knowledge of like, yo, what's this? What's this? So when people use those words, it's like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. I would just say, yo, sign up for a lot of these marketplaces, um, OpenSea, um, Rarible, Super Rare, whatever. Get your crypto wallet, um, etc. And then just do. Like, <laughs> I, like a lot of this is like people are talking about and shit like that. And I know yeah. it's like, I know for me, before I started working on my own shit, 
I was like, yeah, but man, would I even start? Like, it's kind of scary. Like, I yeah. see people doing this, but you know when you see niggas you jumping in the know. pool yeah. and you just, you don't want to jump in yet? Yeah. Bro, the best thing you can do in this space is to just do it. Because yeah. a lot of, the niggas that are winning are niggas that are doing it. Don't mm-hmm. just talk about yeah. the shit. Like, just doing do it. it. And then you figure it out as you go, too. Because mm-hmm. it's such a new space, there's no one that's going to be like, oh, you could have dropped that like this. Or like, you could have, mm-hmm. right. nigga, you don't even know what you're really doing all the way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's no, like, because right now for like DSPs, niggas be like, oh, you should have done a distro kit because of XYZ. You should have done it on United Masters because of XYZ. No one can really say that all out. Like, someone might be like, oh, you you should have waited to mint this when the gas fuel was a little lower. Like, maybe you could try open. But people are very helpful right now. Like, there's mm-hmm. a whole community of niggas that like, yo, one, I will support you uh, with with money and shit like that when I when you drop your NFT, but also if you have questions, let's talk about it. Like, yo, you think this could be better? Like, like even the founders, a lot of these uh, marketplaces, you know, like more of the smaller ones, they'll have conversations on Discord. Where like, they're like, yo, how can we better serve you, mm-hmm. right? Because they understand that this is based on the creators and and shit like that. So, um, yeah. I say after your research, think of ideas, think of how you want to package shit too uh, when it comes to NFTs. Um, because h- how you show up in that market can be completely different from how you show up on like IG, Twitter, okay. shit like that. Like you might have a whole different persona on that. Like what what do you see yeah. working? Um, and then just try shit, bro. Like I, yo, right, right. I've seen. I saw Chris the other day. Some dude, I forget where he was. Might have been in Indonesia, but he was basically taking selfies of himself from the ages of like sixteen to like twenty four. Mm-hmm. And this was before NFTs, but then he started selling each Soviet NFT. Pretty sure he made like 10 M's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this shit. Word to my mother, bro. This shit really happened. Bro. Like, yo, that shit really happened. So it's just like the niggas that are winning are the niggas that are doing it. Like, mm-hmm. be fearless in this space because right now it's a wild, wild west and like nobody, like niggas know what they're doing and there are people that are way more informed than others, mm-hmm. but there are no set rules. Like, until right. these big corporations move into this space, they don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still trying to figure shit out. They don't even, you know what I'm saying? Trust me, they're still trying to figure shit out. <laughs> so, it's like, I wouldn't be afraid of any judgment or anything like that. Like, people are there to help at this point in time. So, yeah, I'll just I'll just do this shit, bro. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just do it, yeah. Do it. Yeah, I do love seeing how communal the NFT space is. Because I think in life, whether it's music, whether it's anything, like, a lot of people don't want to share information. They yeah. don't want to pay it forward. They don't want to put people on game. And so kind of like to transition, who is someone or multiple people that have kind of, like, mentored you throughout your, your career, like, musically or also just in life? Yeah. Um, hmm. So a few people. I think... In the past couple of years, um, Che Pope has been a good, yeah. just like music mentor. Um, not like, like he put me on a, a lot of game about the, the industry and shit like that. Um, but in terms of music, he's been a great mentor. Um, he, he he's, he's a producer by trade, but mm-hmm. um, he ran good music for a little bit with Ye. Um, and yeah, he execu- he produced and wrote on Miseducation Law Hill and mm-hmm. a bunch of other shit. Like he, he's like a, OG for me, yeah. OG producer. Um, but in terms of, uh, so he 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 built this company called Workshop that um, focuses on you know putting creators first. I wouldn't really say it's a label; it's more of like an artist helper incubator type of model. But mm. um, during those stages, me and him got cool, and yeah, musically, he just his ear is just crazy. Like mm-hmm. you got to think this nigga works for everybody. For me, like. <laughs> Like, anybody you think of, yeah. he's worked with them. So, mm-hmm. any any critiques on, like, oh, yo, what do you think about this beat? 
or what do you think about this? And he'll tell you like, eh, B is like, yeah, I fuck with the rappers. Or like, eh, change this. So like, maybe I got this. Like, he'll help on that front, uh, which is super dope. Um, and yeah, I think he's been the biggest help, especially when it came to like my, my last project. Uh, I've been a, been a good mentor and just a cool dude, like very down to earth. Like, if I, if I need to just talk to him uh, about some music shit, like, he'll always answer. So, um, yeah. Good dude. You've been alluding to the next project a lot. And, you know, like I said before, you've Homecoming was very personal, kind of your introduction to us. And then Hottest Summer was just good music, very fun, very good for, for the summertime. And then, you know, Quarantine Pack was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to just get these loose. It was kind of like your care package, almost yeah, facts, like Drake's yeah, care yeah. package. Yeah, and facts, then yeah. Hope You See Me was very heavy, personal, thematic. So, like, what's your approach to this next project? What's your mindset? What are the stories that you're trying to tell with the next project? Yeah, so I I think I'm still gonna lean into the hip hop visual art shit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's gonna be in the Web three space, <laughs> as it should be. Yeah, right? we'll see how it shows up. Yeah. Um, but I think conceptually, so so when I start a project like that, I kind of write out um, like what the plot is. Like you know, mm-hmm. in novels that niggas read, read in grade school, the the protagonist and the main character will like learn something. Yeah, right? like he'd go through the little journey through the book, and at the end, the nigga would learn something. So I always write out, like, when I'm putting out a project, what should the listener learn from me? Mm. What did I learn through this journey, et cetera? And then from that point, once I have the concept down, then I sort of build the skeleton out. Um, like, the songs aren't written. There's no name. I just build a skeleton out to describe each part of the journey. Um, and then from that point, I start, like, sliding things in or I start just writing, writing shit listen to this yeah. whatever because now I have a North Star like now I know what I'm working towards mm-hmm. so even if I'm not working towards it consciously subconsciously I know I'm writing towards this concept this theme so it's gonna sound cohesive it's gonna mm-hmm. sound together, together even yeah. if the songs sound like their own thing mm-hmm. um, so yeah so right now I'm, I'm working through that stage um, I'm definitely in a good place in terms of uh, progress on the project and then because I'm thinking about the rollout at the same time it's kind of mm-hmm. like working on two things at once mm-hmm. um, which makes it more fun like one, the rollout sort of... I, I don't like when a rollout informs the song making too much mm. um, because then you can get to a space where, like, you're trying to only write shit that's marketable or that. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but just, like, a little bit. Like, how can I? How can this sort of, like, lean into the rollout concept a little bit more? Um, we're really trying to build a rollout that, that um, covers and is tailored to the, to the project. So, yeah, right now I'm just writing a lot. I'm in the studio... And lately, I've been in the studio with with more people. Like, mm-hmm. I used to just go to the studio yeah. by myself, but yeah. now I just go with more people. And, like, and I think that collaborative culture is, is fine, especially with things that yeah. you fuck with. So, um, yeah, I think the winners when I, the falling winners when I write my best music. So, um, I, I don't think the next project is, is, is going to be as heavy. Um, I think it'll be like a lot of rapping. Like, mm-hmm. I think people's favorite tracks on last year was shit where I was just like rapping, mm-hmm. just rapping, rapping. So I'm um, trying to get back to that. Um, a lot of stories I'm trying to tell are just shit that I, I've observed over the past year, year and a half. Um, shit about me, about uh, my community, people around me, shit like that. Uh, helping tell their stories um, and shit like that, which is something I always do. But mm-hmm. For me, like, life continues every day, so it'll always be something new. Or, like, what's right. the next thing? Like, yeah. And then also I'm trying to think more, like, at a, a higher level, like, what are things that we're all going through together? Mm-hmm. Like, 
One thing that Drake always does well and that I always give him compliment f- compliments for is being able to understand what, like, the average Gen Z and millennial might be going through mm-hmm. and then up-leveling it. So when you hear it in a song, like, you're like, oh, I'm going through that. Mm-hmm. Like, making it general enough where, like, anybody can relate to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm there yet. I still think I'm I'm making songs for the people I care about and there's nothing wrong with that. But making it so it's for the people I care about, but then also for someone who just heard this song out of nowhere and is like, yo, I, damn, I felt that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, damn, that's that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's, a, that's a the space. That's the space where I'm in right now. It's just like a lot of rapping. Um, I think also just adding more depth to the music where it's mm-hmm. like you feel like you're stepping into like a cinematic universe type mm-hmm. shit, um, which it was something I think I did well in the last one, but am going to continue to do um, on this next one, which, yeah. Exciting. Yes, sir. <laughs> sir. I love it. So I always ask this to uh, our, our guests who come on busy sessions. If you had to make a Jacques Lane Essentials playlist, music you want people to hear that would kind of help them get to know you, the artist, what are, since we're alphas, what are the seven songs that you would put on a Jacques Lane Essentials playlist? I, 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 th- I think I know one for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely put Never Lost It. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never, yeah, Never Lost It. So that was the first track I made. When I like really started thinking rapping seriously, I just wrote it mad fast. Uh, Dougie on the beat, um, he produced it, but I didn't know him yet, mm-hmm. which is actually mad funny. Cause he, so I heard uh, the Neek Bucks, he from Harlem. Mm-hmm. I heard yeah. him rap on that. So then I was like, oh, I fuck with this. I'm going to just freestyle to it. I was laying on my couch one day. It was right after I graduated. I was laying. I was doing nothing. I'm going to just write to this. And I was like, oh, I might take it to the studio. I might rap. <laughs> so I tried to rap. When I was in Philly one time, trying to, when I was getting my stuff, I, I wasn't really fucking with it. So then I was like, ah, fuck it. So I had my man's up. I was like, yo, wait, you record that? And I ended up recording it there. And yeah, this shit came out how it came out. But mm. I ended up meeting Dougie on a beat like sometime later. And he actually did some me beats and he produced Bring You Down. Mm. Um, and then he said some shit. He was like, yo, I heard this. He said, yo, this is my beat when he heard Never Lost It. I said, oh, her? <laughs> I said, that's crazy, that's crazy. But yeah, this this beat you play right now is fine. Let's focus on that. Don't do it in the past. But uh, yeah, so Never Lost It. Um, definitely first. Um, check in. Mm-hmm. It was definitely some shit where I felt like, yo, the hook and the rapping are like at the same level. That's when my hooks got better. Mm-hmm. Um, hold It Down, definitely, because that was, that was a big track for me. Um, definitely big crossover. Uh, generational curses mm. was big for me because that was mm-hmm. the first time I felt like I spoke to him, like my like the Haitian culture that I grew up with too. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm from New York, obviously. Uh, come on, but <laughs> <laughs> are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, but the Haitian side too, because that that's part of me. Like I, yeah, that's just that's some shit where like if you're Haitian, you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was big for me, and I was super emotional. Um, darkness was super emotional too mm-hmm. uh, super vulnerable um, definitely an essential <sighs> I'm trying two to more. think hmm. yo tables turn only because that was the first intro I had where I felt like I was really just rapping on some like fuck it let me, let me just wrap my ass off and go mm-hmm. um huh I think rugby might be the last one. Okay. Because um, I was gritty and that was some shit where it's like, I really, I, th- I felt like I took a time machine back to like when I was in ninth grade and just just rapped. Um, and then, yeah, I linked up with Corey Finesse for that one, which was, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. fire. Uh, I think at that point, he's probably the biggest artist I, I collabed with. So, mm. um, 
Yeah, that's probably what I'll put on the essentials playlist. Probably covers the, the spectrum and mm-hmm. versatility. So yeah. Love it. Okay. Okay. Great, great, great. So definitely looking forward to uh the, the project. You've been at a pretty consistent release rate the last four years. You think you come in twenty twenty two or yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Twenty two. Um yeah, one project at least mm-hmm. and then some dope like a dope rollout. Like mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Like the, the the project itself, like I said, when you're inspired, like the shit will come together. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna say it's easy to make it. It's actually pretty difficult <laughs> to, to put projects <laughs> together. There's a lot of time and energy, but the a lot of the art and the science is around how you present it to people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would say expect a dope project, but expect a dope rollout too. Um. Uh, when it's time. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, We're looking forward to it, ladies and gentlemen. Jock Lane here now. You enjoyed a great interview, but there's more for you. The man performed two records for you, and the man raps. <laughs> like, like He says in the freestyle, I really rap, and that is something that you will get from the performance. So make sure that you tap in, tell your friends to subscribe to the YouTube channel for this YouTube-exclusive interview. This is Busy Sessions, Episode 3. Armand here, Kombucha King that makes your heart sing, <laughs> Nick Early, the Haitian <laughs> sensation that I've coined him myself, my guy Jacqueline. Y'all make sure y'all enjoy the performance.